Let's do this. Let's do this. Okay. I literally, I just, as a fun side note, I literally just heard my neighbor get called out for being lazy and it was hilarious. Um, there was, they were on the street and, um, one of them said to the other, oh, I hate being on inside on a day like this. And he said, and his friend just turned to him and said, yeah, but then you sleep in bed until like 3 p.m. Like, it was the most damaging thing he could have said at that time. I was like, oh, I hate being stuck inside on a day like this. Then why do you stay inside all the time? Dude. Get help. Clearly something else going on here. Either way, I, I, I don't know. I, it, I've, I mean, I've failed to relate to the youth of the world in in many many ways um i mean i I get up quite easily these days Uh, i I even back in the past even you know when i was in uni i didn't i didn't stay in bed that much i had a lot of insomnia but um it it never really impacted me in such a way i mean obviously i drink an absolute shitload of coffee in a day and I, i i keep that going and i keep that flowing and that keeps me going, and it may sound like I'm on cocaine and repeating myself, like I'm drunk, but I'm really not. So don't worry about it, guys. But I've been I've been delving into I've been delving into the things online, and I briefly mentioned it last time when we were discussing things, um, when I was discussing the whole streaming debacle and how how people react and why streamers end up in the situations they do, why they end up as exaggerated versions of themselves. And I felt that that point this. It deserved a little bit more context and a little bit more discussion because it related to another point, which I will get into a little bit later. But my first question is, why Why do people, why do artists, right? why, do we, why do we go out of our way to embody the artwork which we create by creating a manifestation for you to look at and not me? It's a big question, right? That's a big question to drop at the very start of this podcast. That's a big, big question to ask, to discuss. And it, it, it gets into points which, you know, I think I can explain. So I'm going to try to explain them. So when we were on the very last episode of The Daily Streaming, um, someone asked about what the painting I was doing was about. And it kind of, it discussed, it, it, it brought up some points... <laughs> I realized that I've just absolutely stumbled through that. And this proves how difficult this is to discuss um, for myself. But we, 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 I'm going to get into it. We're going we're gonna to dive right in. You know, there's no, no two ways about it. It's gonna, we're going to make this easier. Right. So they, they asked what this painting was about. And the painting which I was, was doing uh, may actually be able to see it in the background. Just the base of it anyway. So the painting I was doing is basically just a discussion of my thoughts and feelings about the whole lockdown streaming situation, it's a bit of an embodiment painting. It's a bit of a bit of a um, an amalgamation of, of everything. It's not really one specific thought, and I still haven't decided on a title for it yet. We'll get to that at some point. You know, I, I haven't even finished the painting yet at this this stage when we're recording this podcast. So I still got time and, and space and, and different things, and different things may get put into it. So there's there's platforms and layers which can be worked into it, but. The reason that I was able to put it into a painting and the reason I, I kind of did it as a painting was quite simply that I hadn't got round to discussing with myself how I felt about it. And this is something I do a lot and something I discussed with uh, Jen and Paul 
when they were on the podcast, is this whole idea of artistic ego. And there's, there's very different approaches to how an artist dives into what they're doing and dives into the work they're creating. Now, personally, as an artist, I use work to get through and process different things which I don't know how to process, even if I have it very clearly mapped out in my head. And because I'm, and that's because I include expressing as part of processing in how I deal with day-to-day life. The simplest way I can put that, right, is let's say you're hungry and you want something to eat and you say to yourself in your head, you're like, discuss with what I want to eat, what am I going to eat today, cool, 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 cool. You decide on what you want to eat. Until you said that thing out loud or until you've gotten through and gone, oh, hey, I want a sandwich today, that's not finished processing. You know, you've got to release it for it to be finished processing. You've got to have satisfied the end goal of the processing which you did, which is fair enough. That's that's just how I see things. So when it comes to things which I want to express and emotions I want to express and ideas I want to express, then I have to think about it and go, ah, well, all right, well, we, I can clearly say what I want to say in my head, but physically I'm not able to do that. And that's a problem. That's something which, you know, you work on. That's something which you, you go to therapy for and... To me, my art is part of my therapy. It's it's me taking care of myself. It's self-care. It's artistic expression. I'm a huge believer in catharsis and expression, and that's something which I try to embody within my work. So when I've been painting, I've been painting things which I didn't really know how to express. And I may, may not even know when I was trying to discuss them at the time, but I was just expressing these ideas. Like I drew, I painted blocks. So blocks is, uh, if you've seen my Instagram, it's a red painting of uh, three concrete columns which have... Uh, one of them has eyes and the rest of them don't have eyes. And it was basically just a re-embodiment of this whole idea of feeling locked in during the lockdown period. But also that I, I noticed that I'm getting into got into this habit where I approach a window and I look out the window and I realize that either windows are staring back at me or there's no, no one in the window. So it, looks, it feels like you're an isolated space and it feels like you're just kind of drifting through the, the void, which is a suburban or terrace street within the UK. And... There's a lot of things which are built around and within that, but that was the very simple concept, and that was a very simple premise, which I just, you know, I wasn't comfortable with saying. But now I'd finished the painting. There we go. Now I'd finished the painting. I was able to just express it and do it. And that was part of the process. It was easier. It's sometimes easier to express things, and I said this on the last day of the stream, it's easier, sometimes easier to express things once you have done the work about them you know and i think a lot of artists feel that you know you you're not we're not all amazing at saying how we feel discussing the blank values of things and we worry about how it will be interpreted so we do the coursework is is like the other way to put it we do the coursework when we sit there and go oh well i'm going to draw this and i'm going to create this and i'm going to i'm going to produce all this material so by the time i'm finished producing it and i've gone through that journey myself i'll be much more comfortable with sitting down and saying hey for a long period there i was lonely and i was struggling and i i could have probably done with some help and i say much more through my artwork than i could ever say in person because i say it better that way but i'm comfortable at some point getting down and saying hey you know we have a problem um and at the same time you know i I think fully believe that you should at some point recognize that as i have myself and look out for the warning signs so you you know when artwork's just not going to cut the mustard and you need to speak rather than create you know
that's the balance of being slightly better emotionally managed with your work and you know what separates really angsty people and people who actually need help <laughs> as it were but that's me right that's me putting a barrier between you me and everything else and i think i said this on a, a previous podcast that's what i like to do i like to create work and then that helps me express what i think and it also puts it puts it to a side and i think this was interesting as well you, you know i create something to put on a wall or to put into space and say hey you know you guys look at this and discuss this and then i'll discuss it with you because this is this is all part of the process and this is what our work's about it's about embodying the whole idea of concept and ideals and really getting down to minutiae of it all and and that's what art and presenting is about that's something as well which kind of gets into the whole um virtual exhibition premise i haven't been to seen really seen any virtual exhibitions during the lockdown period because i don't i don't think they embody what i go to artwork for when i go to artwork and this is just my personal view when i go to see artwork and i go to look at artwork you know i'm i'm looking for that extra feeling i want the feeling standing in front of that work the artist who created it had standing in front of that work i'm looking to get what i put into my work from their work and seeing it online just doesn't cut that for me you know because the scale is always off there's always something you know you, you might be monitored slightly different you might not be able to see the grain or the the paintbrush strokes or anything like that or just get an idea for what the presence of the object feels like and i know i'm not a hippie and i know i'm not that kind of person who thinks that objects have energy but without work there is a it's not even a presence it's just um you know a luminosity without sounding too psychological with all of that thing but you you understand i feel like you understand what i'm saying right you don't appreciate the statue of david from looking at it in a book because the statue of david is fucking stories tall you're not you're never going to be able to appreciate that unless you print it out stories tall you're not going to realize that that's just one of those things a lot of people don't realize how small the mona lisa is it's quite a small picture but you've seen it in a book, you've seen it on a poster, which is blown up the, bigger than the original picture is. And you're like, yeah, no, this is fantastic. This is marvelous. Blah, blah, blah. I've digressed in a major way. Um, but we'll get back on point briefly. But what am I saying? <laughs> what are you saying, Graham, when you, when you say this? Well, what I'm saying is that as artists and as creators and as human beings, we, we like that, right? We like content. And we like things which don't exist in reality. Artwork doesn't exist in reality. It it exists in its own art world. That's what I was saying when I said I made the podcast um, My Art is Lying to You, and that's a good thing. You know, it's an embodiment of a feeling which can't be expressed. It's an embodiment of something which just doesn't isn't present within reality. So when we look to things like streams and entertainers and performance artists, we look for the things which are completely at odds to what we are. And we look for the misfits and we look for the celebrities and we look for all these things. And all I could think throughout this entire period was why we do that, right? Because that doesn't really make sense. When you think about it logically, that doesn't make sense for us to want to watch and actively pursue things which we don't have in our reality when most of media and most advertising says what we want to see is people we can relate to, right? Is that just me? 
Is that just me thinking this? Am I the only one? I don't know. Let's let's get into this. I mean, I understand it from some aspect, right? But when I thought of when I thought of this, and when I was thinking through all the people, which you know, you get well. You, obviously, to start off, when you get something online or on TV or on radio, you're getting an exaggerated image of whatever you're getting anyway. That's editing for you. That's reality TV for you. That reality TV is a lie to begin with. They called it reality TV, but there was no way for it to remain in reality because it was going to be edited. That's why I keep the podcast as unedited as possible because what we want is as natural a feeling as possible. And yet, even when we're in that podcast, I'm not me, right? I'm never really me when I'm on camera because I know I'm on camera. This is this is public Graham. This is Graham who, when presented with a situation or presented with strangers automatically slips into there's no way for me to not slip into it it's taken 30 years to get to a point where this just becomes a natural presence within the room so it takes time to get past that original thing and that's not necessarily a bad thing that's just reactionary to the situation that's flexibility to understanding that's the whole thing about social norms and um social skills as it were you know when we meet people who don't have social skills that's why we protect them a little bit more because they don't have the the natural ability to blend into that situation. And sometimes that's what that situation needs. Step out. Don't necessarily abide to social norms. But we and I do this. You know, we, we're fully aware that we do this. We, we, we blend and we try and create these things. And now within the podcast, I try to keep it as natural as possible. We allow these lulls, these gaps, these spaces, these things so people and guests can feel as relaxed as they can because we're trying to pull back that, Right. I've, in, I've interviewed people who are pure performance artists. I've interviewed people who create characters to be looked at. And those characters they create are not based in reality. They have aspects of reality, but they're extremely exaggerated versions. They're versions which are reshaped and remodeled. And often they only really embody, you know, singular characteristics of what it takes to be a human being or singular characteristics of a character. So what are we doing when we do that? And why do we why do we respond to this? This is this is the question which I've been posing myself over and over again. And it's kind of a natural thing to do as well, because this is the other thought. Is like I keep falling into this. I keep thinking to myself, this should be more, right? This should be a thing. This should be where I get to sit down and I just exaggerate <laughs> points which I've made and I, I get you know I get the hypocrisy of this I get what I'm doing I get that I'm already an exaggerated version of what is actually Graham within reality but at the same time I'm like no I could go further with this we keep joking about the cult of concrete and I'm like well you know we could create a character which is you know the concrete and we could you know worship the concrete and have a small church and get people initiated and accept memberships and all these kinds of things with some very base rules but i'm not going to get too much into that but that idea seems natural right it doesn't seem like a crazy thing and when i think of artists and i think of performers music is a big 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 proponent of this right when you think of top musicians you think of people you know david bowie lady gaga 
Kiss, even bands like Nirvana. Um, I'm noticing Nirvana because I've got like a little, I've got a, a mood board from when I was about 15 behind my desk, which has, it's got a picture of Kurt Cobain on it. Um, <laughs> it's got a lot of other people, but he just sits, he sits between two monitors accidentally and I just saw his face. But yeah, even even those aspects, you know, the, the presentation you get of those people is an over-the-top exaggeration. If any of them had just been down-to-earth standard people, they probably wouldn't have gotten to where they were. When you think, I mean, Elton John, there was, there was a, a recent biopic made about him. There's a whole aspect of that, which is the reason he got to the level he got to was because he put on the costume, he embodied the role, he really dove into it when he's a much more rounded person in reality. But as entertainers... When we think of what entertains people, we realise that we need that. We need that contrast. We need that contrast to life and people to step outside of that. And that's, I guess that's escapism. I guess that's what it is. I guess it's some level of wanting to leave behind all of the grey matter. Which, you know, kind of dooms my podcast and what I do because I, all I do is leave in the grey matter. You know, I'm grey. That's what... Sorry, that's a bad pun. But, you know, we 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 look for escapism. We look for these chaotic versions of ourselves because we relate to those singular aspects. You know, that's the whole anti-hero hero theory. We look at anti-heroes because we're like, okay, yes, they're doing all the things which we can't do and they're exaggerated versions of themselves and they're breaking the law and they're bad people and... You know, the system doesn't control them, and that's what we want. We want that act of rebellion, and then we like them because they're heroes, because they, they show that little bit of humanity, and we go, oh, well, it wouldn't be nice if I could be that. Wouldn't it be nice if I could break down the barriers which surround me, get away from the strings and the, the hooks of just being within society and break everything, but still retain that level of humanity. And that's why we like watching them. We like watching that that contrast and that causality take base. In it. I realize I've said contrast like a thousand times in this actual thing. TikTok is a great example of this, right? This is a, another thing I've been trying to explain, trying to explain and trying to explore TikTok, not as like getting into it, but trying to understand it and why people like seeing things on there like there's a whole series of videos which are basically just grunge aesthetic not even grunge mentality just grunge aesthetic and i'm like well why surely like people are watching this teens are watching this and teens are seeing this and like obviously from one aspect you have attractive people doing dances and stuff fair enough that's people just enjoying people but there's something else there there's something where you're completely ignoring that this isn't how people represent themselves and i think youths know that now right i think we've had a large amount of media attention and learning within the world which has said hey you know what you see online isn't reality and and youths are growing up i sound so fucking old youths are growing up knowing that they're knowing that this isn't reality and they're knowing tiktok is an exaggerated version they know about effects they know about filters they're better informed which we weren't when we were on social media and MSN and Yahoo Answers back in the day when Ask Jeeves was like the search engine to be on. Ask Jeeves has never been the search engine to be on, by the way. I'm just going to digress on that. It's never been a popular platform. But teens are growing up and they know this, but they're still involved with it. They're still entertained by it. They still want to see more and more about it. And it's they know that they're acting. And when alternatives come out, what do they do, right? Alternative music's 
music, alternative musicians, alternative artists, performance artists, what do they do? They grab hold and they craft these characters. And all I can think is that one aspect of that is they're doing exactly what I do with my art, right? They're doing exactly what I do with my art. They are presenting a false image so you don't pay attention to the real image and you just pay attention to the art. Salvador Dali is a great example of this. He created an over-the-top character. He embodied his artwork. He wanted to express surrealism through himself. Lady Gaga is another great example of this. You know, she came out... Think about Lady Gaga. Think about the first song which you heard of Lady Gaga. It's probably Poker Face. If you just heard that, you'd be like, all right, it's just a song. And then you saw the video and you were like, oh, okay, it's a song and there's these crazy costumes going on. What else? And you're like, well, she dresses like that most days. You know, that's that's the outdoor wear of Lady Gaga at every event she goes to. And suddenly it became this bigger thing. If it hadn't been for that, there wouldn't have been this mass media hysteria about it. There wouldn't have been all that attention. The media thrives off that. They grab hold of the things which are completely contrasted to society and go, look at this, look how strange this is. This is a whole thing. And, and forgetting that there's a person underneath it. Forgetting that this is just a costume. Johnny Vegas is a fantastic example of that. He did it so well that people didn't even realize that it was fake. Right? He put on a persona to be on stage, and he included aspects of his own personality, but exaggerated those points to create these ideals. Now, there's a song by an artist who I've had on the podcast, which I'm still fucking proud of. Um, uh, Lex Lexicon Artist and Shape of the Dark Lord, they created a song, just called, I think it's called Why We Do. Um, and it's basically them discussing how they got into rap and why they got into rap, and why they created personas they do. Rap is a huge huge proponent of this you know rappers their personalities are never really them you know it's the bump the over the topness the the staggering egos which accompany those characters now Schaefer the dark lord crafted himself as a villain he crafted himself as an anti-hero he crafted himself as you know something superhero super villain-esque and that was the whole shtick lex does exactly the same thing not to shape the dialogue, but she crafts an online persona in order to embody that in the music and creates these characters to be there. And you see it so often. And there's a line in that song, which I really think breaks down what I've been trying to say in 20 minutes. <laughs> right? And it's remembering how misfits can relate to an act. It's a line by Shape of the Dialogue. And that line when I heard it, resonated with me so much, right? It resonated with me in such a way that it impacted my head and I just went, wow, that's, yes, all the pieces have fallen into place. How have I never fucking noticed this? How have I never noticed that the reason I enjoyed certain bands more than other bands was because I related more to an exaggerated character than I did the human being that I was seeing? That's insane, right? That's, that is psychological warfare on yourself. I think the best examples of this, like getting to my music taste as a teenager, you know, I saw Slipknot as the best thing in the world. If Slipknot hadn't had their masks on, if Slipknot had just been another new metal band or another metal band, depending on how you want to classify their music, right? If they'd just been another band, I'd have been like, yeah, this is this music great. This music wicked. This is everything I want. And then someone showed me a picture of them and I was like, oh, shit. 
that is insane. That's that's more. That's more that I want. This is everything I want. I want to know more about them. Mudvayne did the same thing. I looked at Mudvayne and I'm like, yeah, that's, that's that's this is what I want. This is everything I want. There's bands which came through that time who I just, I threw to the side because they weren't exaggerated. I threw them away. And it's because when you're insecure, and these teens, going back to TikTok, when you're insecure and you're young and you're trying to figure out the world, you don't want the status quo. Right? You don't want your parents, the guy who lives over the road, the neighbor, the person you can meet at a random store. You want someone who appears to have broken society. You want someone who appears to have expanded past what it is to be flesh and bone and gone, no, this is the new normal. This is everything you want to be. This is the biggest thing and best thing ever, and I'm going to fuck everything. You know, the world is mine now because I've painted my face. That's what you want. And they're seeing this. Teens are seeing this through all of these things. TikTok, YouTube, you name it. They're, they're getting that same gratification that we got from watching metal artists just absolutely throw themselves into these characters. And yes, there is an extreme danger when people do this, right? There is a danger that you begin to believe the character you create. And there's some other great songs which fully discuss this. And there's a lot of people who have to go through a lot of therapy once they've done this. Because the media side of it consumes you. You know, that, that's what you see with pop stars. I think it's, it's quite a strange balance, really. Like, you see a lot of male artists and they do this thing of creating characters and, and over-exaggerating themselves to contrast things and, and put themselves out as even more misfits than they already are. And within that genre, that's the status quo. But when it comes to pop music and you do that and you try to bust out of the breakage, the media really eats you alive because... You're meant to be popular. You're meant to gain, garnish and gain an audience and somehow adhere to the status quo of what is going on without truly breaking it. And if you don't, and if you keep going, they'll push back, and that's damaging to people. And I find that fascinating. I find that fascinating as well because it is something, as I say, which I've thought about doing for myself and thought about embodying more and just trying to get into that whole idea of performing or being caricaturized or caricaturized. You know, at any point someone could give me as one thing or another. I could be painted in one way or another. So you're you by doing it to yourself, you control that narrative and you control that aspect of yourself. And I think that's, you know, it's important to remember when you're creating artwork. I think it's a discussion which you have to have with yourself when you create artwork. And I'm wondering if it's possible to do both. Can you have this? Can you have a more natural version of yourself whilst maintaining a character version of yourself? Is it possible? Or does one have to overtake the other? You know, Can you be Peter Parker in the day and be Spider-Man at night? Or are you always Spider-Man? That's the Batman paradox, right? He's never Bruce Wayne. Bruce Wayne's the act. The normal sees the act. Batman's the reality. Not that I'm comparing myself to Batman. In any way, shape, or form. But I think it's important to remember. And I think it's important for people to remember when they become concerned that people are interested in these exaggerated characters. I think that's that's the bigger suggestion here. That people get worried when kids look to misfits look to characters it can be any kind of character whether it's anime um, movies musicians artists people get concerned when people look 
and go and kids look and they say, yeah, this person's the coolest thing ever. I want to be just like them. They get concerned of that, forgetting that that's what you relate to when you're younger. Hell, that's what you relate to when you're older. We like the people who are odd. We like the people who don't fit into society or even the people who do fit into society, but they fit into society in such a huge way that it's just fascinating because they're denying that they're human. And that's why we like it. And I think that's that's important to remember. I don't think you need to worry as much as some people do. I just think if you are a person who idolizes and you are a person who has such an invested interest in any public figure, online, offline, wherever, you need to sit and think about why you're so invested in that person. Why are you so obsessed? Is it because you relate to them? Is it because you're lonely? There can be a million reasons. But it's better to be self-aware. But I'm curious what you guys think. Are things better when things are exaggerated? I don't know. Either way. I'll talk to you guys later.